What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you for tuning in, as always. First things first, you can already hear <clears throat> my voice sounds kind of fucked up. I'm not sick. Uh, it's not the Rona. Uh, I don't have a flu or a cold. What happened is I went to my first boxing event in almost two years, and I lost my voice rooting for Nonito Donaire, who knocked out Ubali in the fourth round, and it was wonderful. It was at the Punch Bowl in uh, Carson, California. I don't know if I talk about that ever, but I'm a huge boxing fan. That's really the only sport that I uh, try to keep up with as much as possible. And I love going to fights. It's very fun. Not a UFC guy. I'm not much of a. I don't. I don't pay attention to baseball other than the playoffs at this point. Same with basketball. Never been a football fan, but boxing, that's my shit. And after I realized that the Ruiz Areola fight was at the Punch Bowl, which is it used to be called Home Depot Center, now it's Dignity Health Park, but it's in Carson, California, legendary uh, venue, known for ruckus and very action-packed fights. Once I realized that they were back open and having crowds in there, I was like, oh shit, I need to look up some tickets, and I saw that Donaire was going to be fighting, so I had to go. Lost my voice. Long explanation to why I lost my voice, but uh, but yeah, this week on the show, we have Neomza, who's someone that I've been a fan of for a long time and who I've believed in for a long time and actually filmed a performance with her back in... I think late 2014, I had started seeing stuff about her online and just thought she was a star in the making. So she didn't want to do an interview at the time, which was fine. So I was like, well, just come in and perform, do a song. She did a song, killed it. The song's never been released. Uh, Neither has the video. And I never really knew why she didn't let me put the video out. But then come to find out, you know, the song never came out either. But I loved um, her performance so much that she did on the show that I ended up booking her to play one of my last shows. In this episode, I say it was my last show. Then I remembered later that I did play one more show afterwards in San Francisco. But my last L.A. show ever in 2015, she and Michael Christmas were the two openers. So that's how much I have thought she was a star where I was like, oh, I want to have her play a show so that I can say I've played a show with Neomza. You know, similar to how I was like, oh, I know Anderson Pack is going to be star. I want to play a show with Anderson Pack. He played my 2014 uh, record release. So finally, her team hit us up and was like, hey, what's good? Let's have her on the show. And I love her team. It's the since the 80s folks. And I don't know how much you guys pay attention. This is a very inside baseball. But since the 80s is the same uh, managerial team that manages JID, JID, and uh, Earth Gang, amongst many others. So people that have been on the show that we've worked with. So I have a good working relationship with them. Love their team. I was stoked to have her on. Learned a lot about her. And she has a new single out called Over and Done. It's a big huge pop record and I think she's going to be a big huge pop star so I'm excited for you guys to learn more about her and her journey in my life I'm getting sad because my mom is leaving this week so we're going to be back to just the two of us taking care of Ozzy which we can manage but I'll tell you having a third pair of hands is a big fucking help and I give my mom a hard time she's kind of a pain in the ass She asks a lot, a lot, a lot of goofy questions. 
she's the ultimate boomer. She is the ultimate fucking boomer. But at least she never got on Facebook, so she never got radicalized. So she still has like some critical thinking skills and is not like a crazy conspiracy theorist. But other than that, boomered the fuck out, right? So I give her a hard time. I make fun of her a lot. That said, she is so fucking helpful with the baby. She's amazing with him. And uh, we will definitely miss having the extra hands. She gets back again in August and we'll be counting the days, I'm sure, because things are still very busy with us and only having two people in the house. It takes a village. It takes a village and having one extra set of hands, such a huge help. So I'm getting sad that she's leaving, but we'll figure it out. He's getting so big already. He's already 11 pounds and he's moving his head both ways really well. When he's on tummy time, we had a small scare where for about two days, he was only wanting to look towards the right, towards his right shoulder on tummy time. He wouldn't really move the other way. Even if I would kind of move his head to where he's looking towards his left, he would immediately snap back to the left or to the right. I'm sorry. And we got scared, started Googling and found this thing called torticollis. And we're like, oh my God, he must have torticollis and started trying to do stretches and exercises with him and stuff and ended up actually taking him back to the doctor like two days after his two month checkup and being like, we think something's wrong. Uh, he's not moving his head like he was a few days ago. And our doctor was like, it's good that you guys are concerned, but don't worry. This is nothing major. Like he just has a preference right now. It's not torticollis. Like torticollis babies really, their heads like really get stuck and they can't move their neck like at all. So she's like, it seems like he's just more comfortable on this side and he has a preference and his head's not flattening out or nothing. So like, you are good. Don't worry. Um, just keep giving him stretches and exercising and on the tummy time and he'll be fine. And lo and behold, now he is fine. He's like a little wiggle worm moving back and forth both ways and even preferring to look to his left sometimes when he sleeps and stuff on our chest. So anyway, it's just, it's just so great being a dad. I just love it. It's really, it suits me. New back house is working out great as well. Update on the back house, you know. Bought Mia a new desk. So now she's got a fully swagged out workstation that I'm like very jealous of because her workstation is much more sleek and modern than mine. Um, maybe I'll have to upgrade my desk eventually. Who knows? But also ordered a Peloton. Like a true yuppie. I'm like really... I'm really growing out of my <laughs> wild boy phases and I am a full on middle aged yuppie dad who's about to turn 40 in July and has a Peloton and a baby man. How quickly things change, how quickly things change. I look back and I go, when did I get so old and goofy? You know, when I'm shooting a lot of these artists, I now can literally say I am twice your age working with a 20 year old. I'm like, I am twice your age. And that is wild to me because some of the people that I've been working with, particularly at the Uprock shit, when they come in, they are dressed exactly how I fucking dressed in like junior high and high school. I catch myself going like, oh yeah, I, I used to have pants exactly. Oh, I used to have shoes exactly like that. And I'm like, fuck, I really turned into my dad. I really did because my mom or dad used to say, oh, we used to dress like that in the 70s back when it was the 90s. And lo and behold, here it is, the 2020s, people are dressing like the 90s or, or the 2000s. So shit is bonkers, man. Other than that, everything's status quo. Back on track after a rough week last week, which was one of my busiest weeks of the year. Uh, everything is kind of back to 
cruise control. I'm actually like ahead of the game now because I've had to edit so many podcasts to get ahead. So hopefully my next couple of weeks are going to be nice and smooth. We'll see. Things always pop up. Anyway, let's go. We're going to get into this podcast that I'm very excited about with an artist who I've been very excited about for a long time named Neomza. Uh, she has an EP coming out very soon. I think June 18th. It's called Limbo. Lots of stuff coming out June 18th. Jeez, Lou has that tape coming out June 18th as well. Neom's a wonderful songwriter, amazing singer. You guys are going to love her. Without further ado, here's my episode with Neomza. I haven't seen you in a minute. Yeah, it's been forever. I know. The last time I saw you was probably 2015. We played a show together. Yes. And that was my last show that I ever played. I don't know Shut if you know. Shut up. Yeah. I had decided to fade out of music and I've just been doing other shit. Okay. Now I have a kid. I, I just ha- I have a <gasps> I have a five week old. Stop. Yeah, brand new baby. Congratulations. Boy or girl? It's a boy. Oh my God. His name's Ozzy. That's fire. Isn't it cute? That's really cute. Yeah, so life has changed, but your life has also drastically changed because when I first met you or and or found out about you, I mean, you must have only had like under 10,000 Instagram followers and now yeah, for sure. you're like a legitimate force that people are waiting on you to drop. Like you're like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of followers, cult following, like life has changed a lot. Yeah, definitely. What, what's been up since then, the last like five years? I, I met you like literally right after I moved to LA. I know. Um, so since then, I mean, I have just been writing so much music. Like I put out two projects since then, two EPs. I'm on the way to put out my third EP. Mm-hmm. Um, Limbo is coming out on the 18th um, of June. June yep. 18th, yeah. 2021, this year. It's been three years since I've dropped a project, so I feel like I gotta like say that, especially because yeah. some of my fans are like, dude, what does soon mean to you? Th- three years <laughs> goes so fast. It's like a blink of an eye. It does. It really does. Especially when you're working on music and like if you care about it. You know, for me, I'm just, I'm definitely just a perfectionist yeah. and I like to just like really, really oversee projects and take my time with them and I have to like sit with them for a while to know if I really love it so well and and if you're working every day on the shit three years doesn't seem to go by so fast whereas like if your fans who aren't getting to hear the shit wait for three years they're like what are you doing you must be doing nothing and it's like like, you're falling off I'm like dude I swear I'm still working you're like I'm not falling off I'm getting better Yeah, yeah exactly exactly but honestly that's all I've been doing is just like really like perfecting my craft, like working on myself. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. When we met, you had just moved to LA. Where did you move from? Chicago. Are you born and raised in Chicago? No, I, I was born in Germany, but oh, okay. Yeah, I was raised in Chicago since I was like five years old. Uh, born in Germany, military parents. Yeah. Well, they they left Kosovo. I'm from Kosovo, which was part of former Yugoslavia, yeah. and yeah. they left Kosovo before I was born with my older sister, and then mm-hmm. once. They got to Germany. I was born with my little sister. Were they refugees in Germany? Is that what that is? Yeah, I would say that for sure. It was just, it wasn't a good place for them to live at the time, obviously. So, yeah. And then we came to America shortly after. I was like four years old when we moved to America. Um, What was going on in Kosovo that your parents had to leave and go to Germany? There was a war going on. Um, This is... Yugoslavia and Serbia? Yeah, you, Serbia was a part of Yugoslavia. Oh, okay. But yeah, it was a conflict between Kosovo and Serbia. Okay, yeah. Um, 
And yeah, that's they had to leave because of that. Okay, how old were your folks when they had to leave? Like early twenties. Oh wow! Like twenty, <laughs> like twenty, oh, no like twenty one. Yeah, like babies. But they left together. They left together. Your they, sister was already born. My sister was already born. How'd your parents meet? Do you know? They met in school. Yeah. When they both moved to the city in Pristina. They're like high school sweethearts. College, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah. college. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Why did they pick Germany? I'm honestly not sure. I think they had family there. I think that's exactly what it was. It was we had family over there already, so it was just like somewhere that they already knew someone familiar for yeah, us right. to go to. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And then what made them want to move from Germany to Chicago? Also, just family. family. Another one of my dad's brothers had moved to Chicago, and he was like, "You guys would love it here. You guys should come out here." And we came out here. Yeah. Nice. Okay. What part of Chicago are you from? Uh, I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, so I'm from a small suburb called Streamwood. Okay. On the west side of Chicago. Yeah, from. okay. As a kid, did you get to travel a lot with your parents anywhere? Did you guys go do, do vacations and shit? Not really. Like, not too much. My parents worked a lot. I'm one of four, so... Oh, wow. But we did go back to Europe a handful of times. And so you're the second of four? Yeah. Your older sister, was she a big influence on you? To, like, Was she cool? Did she listen to cool music? She did listen to cool music, yeah. and but at the time I hated the music she listened. She listened to like straight R&B and, and like, and I was like a kid, and I'm like, why are they always talking about sex? Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't like this. Like, you cooties. Yeah, like I'm like gross, but it's so funny because it has such make, a yeah. yeah. I could see how it really influenced even like the way I make music. Of and course, stuff. yeah, yeah. And your younger sisters, are you close with? Are, I have a younger sister, younger brother, older sister. Did the performance bug hit any of them? Yeah, my my little sister can sing, and she just never like chose to like follow it through. My little brother. Is like beast mode at guitar now and oh, wow. piano, so he's he's definitely tapping into his craft. That's sick. Yeah, it's really really cool to see. Are you gonna are you gonna ever um, give him a feature for free? Oh my god, of course! I did a lucky live version of my song. Oh yeah yeah, he's, he's playing the in it. He's doing the piano. Amazing. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah yeah. You said your parents are working a lot. What did your parents do for work in Chicago? I mean, my dad had like multiple jobs. He, I remember he worked at the casino, he worked at the grocery store, my mom worked at, like, Sam's Club for every, like... Oh, at Sam's? Yeah. My dad worked at Sam's for... Shut up! My dad retired from the military, he was a medic in the Air Force, and then when he got out, um, he was like... I don't want to work in the medical field anymore. I want a really easy job. So he became a night stalker at Sam's. Wow, my dad did that too. The funny thing is, it was like a 22-year-old interviewing my dad for the job. And my dad's like retired fucking chief master sergeant from the Air Force with this long resume. And the guy goes, are you sure you want this job? Um, and like three weeks later, he's the manager and shit. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with my parents. Like they went to college and, yeah. all, and then they like get to America and they're like, "This is, we got to do what we got to do. Right, right. They wow. just like were always working to make sure that we were good. And we were like, thanks to them, like we were straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that journey of being an immigrant in Chicago tough for your parents was it hard for them to find jobs was there a language barrier had there they was, grown up speaking english no they did not know english when they came to america yeah right so yeah i would assume that it was really tough on them um how do they just, learn they're just so awesome just by being here yeah. i i like thinking about myself at my age and like what they did like throughout their 20s yeah. it's just like mind-boggling and i'm just super grateful and did you grow up bilingual then yeah i did yeah, yeah right yeah right. i still speak albanian yeah right um, amazing. Were you always a singer and a person that wanted people to have eyes on you? Yeah, her? I definitely was that person. Like, I always wanted to perform and always wanted people to pay attention to whatever I was trying to perform, so. You strike me as somebody who found out they had, like, a good voice very, very young. Yeah, I was, like, eight years old yeah. when I found out that I could sing my teacher, um, Mrs. McDonald. Shout out, Mrs. McDonald. Shout out, Mrs. McDonald. Yeah, she 
told me I could sing after I did like the Star Spangled Banner and for the class one time she like pulled me aside after the class and she and was the Star like, Spangled Banner does not slap so to make that sound <laughs> good <laughs> yeah and she was like you sing really well you should keep going and that just gassed me up I was like all right this is what I gotta do did you go home and tell your parents like I need singing lessons like no I was like I'm gonna be a singer and like it was just stuck ever since then like I really was just so passionate about it has that always been like the thing that sort of defines you to other people or did you have other interests and hobbies or or, or is it just like Neom's that that's the girl that sings that's what yeah she does. I think that was always like what defined me I had other hobbies like I love drawing painting and I played soccer my entire life but yeah it, it wasn't none of those things were what I attached myself to it was just things I did for fun yeah right what, what did you play in soccer forward you're forward yeah you score a lot of goals uh, yeah not enough it sounds like <laughs> yeah I'm like we were all right <laughs> yeah right right how was school for you did you take to school were you like a straight a student or were you like uh, fuck school I was really good at school up until like eighth grade and it's because I started my band and then I really stopped caring at that point I started yeah. like a rock band and all I cared about was being in the band yeah I really fell off with school so no I wouldn't say I was a straight student I could have been a straight student but I yeah. was uh I had other priorities <laughs> yeah of course of course there must be so much footage of you as like a child being an entertainer I feel like oh there definitely is like we definitely documented all that I was gonna say when they make the documentary about your life there'll be plenty of like dance routines as a toddler and yeah shit. it's 100% yeah that's amazing so yeah you start a band in 8th grade what's the band called it was called Scarlet and what was oh it like? my god uh, it was so fun I, I feel like I was just like a, a wannabe Haley Williams yeah like I loved her so much I think I was just aiming to be a paramour at that time with my band. And it was really fun, though. Uh, it really set it up for me to like get comfortable on stage. And we played a lot of shows locally. Oh, my god! I got to meet musicians and people with the same interests in me and stuff. So it was a really, really cool experience. How did your band members meet? Like, how did you know all these people played instruments? Band class? Well, no, I, uh, I met one of my friends, Trevor, and... Like, he was the first person I actually started making music with. And then we held auditions. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, sorry. I'm like trying to think back. I'm like, what do we, how do we do this? But So you're very serious. You, you like hung. I was on MySpace like, hey, band audit. Because we had released an acoustic song. Yeah. And then I had my other friend produce it out. And I remember we dropped it. And people like were like, oh, this is really good. Like, you have a cool voice. And then on that page, I was like, we're holding auditions. We're going to do like a full band type In of thing. In eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> You're like 13 yeah. doing this. Wow. You were like about to be a child star. Yeah. That's wild. Did any adults help you like uh, interview these people or like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, no, which is so funny because I'm like, I was definitely wilding. Like, that's what I'm like, saying. <laughs> it seems borderline unsafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm just like, yep. Were all the people in the band your age? No, everyone was actually like four to five years older than me. Yeah, right. So these like high school musicians that and it was what guitar or like drums. Out, they were like 18 at the time so yeah it was guitar drums bass yeah and then another guitarist too and were you already writing all the songs back then or how i was writing work? all the songs yeah wow when did you start writing my first memory of writing a song i was eight years old and i just remember i was like studying christina aguilera songs and just literally like a math formula like i was looking at how many lines were in the verse and then how many things were repeating themselves and like you know i learned what a hook was because i was like oh this is coming back three times so this is obviously what i have to do and that's how it is in every song so that's really how i learned how to make or at least write music it's yeah. just 
you taught yourself to count bars and you like learned the pop formula. Exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. And because I figured that's like what I had to do in order to be a singer. I did not know that like people had writers. Oh, yeah. Because you don't see that. You don't see that. Like they weren't showcasing that really. Like right. as a kid, you weren't like, oh, Christina Aguilera. And then you don't see the other. That was a dirty secret back in like it, the 90s. Exactly. You know? yeah. Like people, it was so hush. But yeah. Now I know. Yeah, exactly. Now, <laughs> now you know. I know. Well, and now you write for people. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's really awesome. And I I'm love sure it. That, yeah, I'm sure the checks are really great sometimes, <laughs> you know. So who's writing the music in Scarlet then? Like, are all the 18-year-olds in the band yeah, together was the, just my jamming band and shit? They were just jamming. We would have band practice, like, almost every day. No shit. Where at? In your garage? In the drummer's garage. No kidding. Yeah, his parents had a pretty big house, so they had a basement. We were able to practice in the basement. Did everyone actually. live really close? I mean, this just seems like so uh, we did live quaint really- <laughs> and every Like, it just seems so, like a TV show or something, you know? Like, yeah. So you guys would all just, like, walk there after school and, let's have band practice. I've got Capri Suns. Or I would make them pick me up from, like, high school, like, because he, he didn't live too far from where my high school was at, so he would just, like, pick me up and we would practice at in his basement afterwards and play shows like on the weekends and stuff so when they jam and you guys get a groove going then you'll start writing Mm -hmm. and then how would you guys record who had the studio there was this guy named chuck um chuck english you guys might have heard of no i'm just kidding (laughs) no there's this guy named chuck and he he was like a family man had like a studio in his basement like a legit studio and like he was the first person that recorded me like and it felt like super legit and like I learned what auto tune was. I learned like even Melodyne and all yeah, that stuff. And yeah. I was like, whoa, this is freaking insane. Like there was a real vocal booth. I wasn't like in a closet recording something. Um, yeah, yeah. He was he was awesome. He definitely like showed me the ropes in the beginning. That's amazing. Yeah. And so would he track all the musicians individually as well? Yeah. So we found him like online, I think. One of the bandmates found him and then um, we would just drive over to his place all the time. I would literally ditch school to record because he would only have some like availability and I'd be like, all right, well, I'm not going to school today. Like yeah, I'm going right. to record this song. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, was he doing it like on gratis? Like oh, oh, cut me in on some profits or were you guys having to gather up money to pay? We had for- to gather up money. How were you guys doing that? anything that came from any show we did and we had merch that we would do like anything that we sold like we were just like we had a band like collection like box God that damn. like we were just you like you guys were legit like yeah. playing shows okay, and I would so- be like mom can I have like a hundred dollars so what comes first like the recorded songs or the shows the songs the songs we came out with the EP oh you guys had an EP yeah we came out with the EP yeah <laughs> And when that drops around your school, do you get a little bit of like local notoriety? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was cool because there was a really like cool scene at the time. Like in like is that like when kids these days and shit like that was around? Yeah, they were killing it too. Like there was like like I feel like where I grew up in Streamer, like in the suburbs, there was there was like this band like scene that was happening throughout all the suburbs in the surrounding like area, and. There would be shows like every fucking weekend. And they're like basement shows or they at venues? They were at venues, but they were like there was one venue it was like called the Matchbox. It was it was like a barn. Yeah. Shout out the Matchbox. <laughs> was the goal back then in a band um to like open for bigger bands or just to like throw your own shows and be the headliners? What were you guys' goal? I think we want to do all of it. Yeah. I we really just wanted to make it. Like that was that's the goal whenever you start doing it, you know? We wanted to make it so bad. It's the goal for some people. It's the goal for very driven people, yeah. I think. It's not necessarily the goal for everybody. Yeah. You know? I yeah. guess true. Like, but at the time, I mean, I wanted to be a singer, like you always either way like so yeah i was like okay 
if this band's not going to work out, like I got to figure out, which is what ended up happening. I ended up leaving the band at like 16. Yeah. And yeah, what what happens? What's that conversation like when you're like, sorry, Scarlett, we're broken up? Oh my God, it was so dramatic. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so dramatic. And I was like heartbroken and then they got a new singer and oh, they were no, singing they my together. songs no. and I was so butthurt. But we're all friends now. So it's really funny to even go back and talk about because, but at the time I was like, no way, this is crazy. Feels like the end of, of the earth. Like, uh, I can't believe literally, this. Literally, but... Yeah. But yeah, it was just, you know, it, it was just time. It was time for us to move on. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. What was it in your heart that made you want to, like, start pursuing more of a solo career? I, I just started listening to so much more music, and I really... You weren't in your Paramore phase anymore. I Well, I'm always going to be my Paramore yeah. phase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally listen to Paramore today in the gym, but I'm like... It was just... I was getting inspired by other music, and I was really, like, learning just the whole songwriting process yeah. even more and i started listening to like mac miller Wiz khalifa k cuddy all the like those artists at the time really hit a wave yeah. in the beginning and yeah. i really got into that and i started smoking weed and like yeah. they weren't like too pleased about oh, that they, they weren't partiers <laughs> they weren't pleased about me smoking weed because they're like your voice which honestly was super caring and super honestly that is very sweet but you want to know like the word that i would use to describe your voice to people smoky yeah <laughs> like i'm like oh she has like a beautiful smoky voice yeah like, so, i mean i naturally have a raspy voice yeah. so but it was just time yeah. it was just time so i mean that's kind of like the dawn of the youtube era which i feel like you were posting videos to youtube i was yeah. and were you doing covers what were you doing so i after i left the band or after we broke up um I was like, how are people going to hear me saying, like, I don't want to just, like, stop singing in front of people. Right. Um, and, I mean, like, we were doing local shows, but I just wanted more. Like, I was like, this, this, is, this isn't enough. How am I going to figure this out? So, on YouTube, I was actually finding instrumentals on YouTube, like, looking up the song, finding instrumentals. Were there or, were there tight beats back then? Was it like you were looking up a rapper tight beats? Because that's what everybody does now. Well, or, like, the are. actual instrumental of the song oh, yeah, I wanted yeah, to yeah. cover. Oh, yeah, but okay. not there wouldn't be the instrumental all the time. So I would, like, hit up, like, the one producer friend, or, like, other producer friend that I know at the time. And I'd be like, can you, like, loop this part for yeah, me? Yeah. Like, because I don't know. how. To, I'm not tech savvy at all. So I was like, can you just do this for me so I can do this cover? So yeah. I just had people helping me out at that point but yeah it was just youtubing yeah youtubing stuff what kind of shit were you covering like rap songs so at first i was trying to do pop songs and they would get like two views and i was like i can't do this yeah. i need to delete these and try right. something else like and my first cover was kid cuddy the prayer okay i posted that on facebook and it got like a bunch of likes bunch of comments like it was like blowing up on facebook a little bit and i was like this is crazy and then it gained traction on youtube I had like a couple thousand views and I was like, okay, this is working. So yeah. let me stick to this. Like, this is the music I listen to right now. So I was like, let me just cover all the songs that I actually listen to. Yeah. I was listening to Mac Miller. So then my second one was a Mac Miller song, I'm pretty sure. And it was a song from Best Day Ever. And the mixtape had come out literally one week prior to. So I got lucky. Like the, You were like the first to cover it. Exactly. Kind of. So yeah. when you searched the song, like mine was coming up. And then he saw it the day of. The day you released literally, it? Literally, like, the next day, I woke up and I had a message from a fan that was like, hey, Jimmy posted your cover. Like, he's a part of Most Dope. He's Mac's best friend. Yeah. I was like, what? And so I looked up his Facebook, added him. He accepted me. I messaged him. I'm like, yo, like, thank you so much. Did Mac see it? And he's like, yeah, Mac saw it. I'm like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And then they were coming to 
the rave, which is a a venue in Wisconsin, like an hour away from where I was at. Yeah. The week after that, so I was like, "Can I? I, I want to come. I want to meet you guys." You're like, like guest list me. Yeah, literally. I was like, "Can you? Can I guest list yeah. me?" So I ended up meeting them. Literally, it was like boom. Posted the cover. Next day, heard they saw it. Week later, I met them. Just the perfect timing. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. That's that kind of shit where, like, when some kind of coincidence like that happens, it feels like I have to get there. No, the, no. the world is. Dude, I'm pretty me. sure. I, like, I don't even know who took me there. Yeah. Like, I was like on the internet, like. Who can drive me to the yeah, rave? Like yeah. people, I was a lot braver at that point on the internet. When you're a kid, you really don't care. No, I mean that's already <laughs> a theme of this kind of is like how just driven, confident, and like willing to reach out to people you seemed like yeah. you were like I'm gonna get this done regardless. Yeah. I'm not gonna wait on. There was people. no way I was gonna miss that show. Right, right. So you hitchhike there or whatever. Pretty <laughs> much, <laughs> yeah. damn freaking near. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> what was it like being? Were you like backstage and shit? Yeah, I was back as soon as I got there. I called them went backstage was just like hanging out we watched the show and then matt came up afterwards and was like hey oh you're the girl that covered this uh i'll be there i was like yeah Yeah. i'm like he's like you have a really good voice i'm like thank you and it was like a really short conversation because he had just done like an interview or whatever so that's like where we met and then we started talking like on twitter and stuff nice and the interesting thing about this is i feel like most uh young women would be like starstruck to be backstage but here you are already like a grizzled veteran who's been backstage a million times and played shows and probably played shows in wisconsin and shit yeah yeah well no i hadn't played in wisconsin but yeah, yeah. we had played shows already but nothing to that i mean it was like a four thousand person oh, venue, wow. and it was sold out oh wow so that was crazy to me yeah. i was like dude this dude's late yeah, <laughs> i've never seen huge. anything like this at that time i was never backstage at a show like that yeah, so that's huge but i was trying to play it cool like yeah yeah i was like i want them to like me i want to be their friend like right right the covers that you were doing were they over acoustic guitars or like when you're covering his shit were you just doing it over his beat it was literally like just over the beat that wow. they had yeah and, and then the, you're just finding new harmonies or like new melodies to put to his words yeah i was just like sing rapping like yeah. i was just trying to sing the rap songs that was like a an era back then though of like yeah. girls covering rap songs that was like a, an yeah era. i was at the store to that yeah you were like, right there you were there. you were one of the innovators yeah no it, it was definitely a thing and then I, I noticed it got into a real real thing and then i was like i'm out yeah i was gonna say by the time you're here and i meet you in la at that point labels are telling oh we've got a we've got a white girl that sings let's have her cover rap songs yeah like that was how they were i saw that happening and i was like i can't do this anymore they were trying to make that the organic way to blow up because people like you had actually organically started to get a following that way yeah 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 once i noticed that it was like a thing though like i don't know you're out yeah it was just yeah, it was very interesting how that went down. I was like, I don't want to be the girl that sings rap songs. Like, that's not who I am. Like, yeah. I did I did this so people could find me. Yeah, of course. And then I was like, I need to start writing my own songs. Like, So are you in high school still when that happens? Yeah, I'm still yeah. in high school. Senior year, junior year? Do you junior remember? year. Junior year. So you still have another year of school to go. Yes. But you're kind of feeling maybe like, okay, the world is pointing me in the right direction yeah. and shit's going to happen. Yeah. Do you have like the worst case of senioritis ever then? Like, oh my God, the worst. Yeah, tell I me about to get it. out so bad oh my god yeah that whole thing was just so crazy like i wanted to move to la i was like get me out of high school like there was just a lot yeah what why la over anywhere else because everybody was over there yeah yeah (laughs) mac moved out there once mac moved out there i was like i want to move over there yeah yeah had you visited la at all before you? the first time i visited was because of mac and And Q, um, they flew me out to come work at the studio for like two weeks. And I stayed with them at Max Old Crib in Studio City. And um, after I did that trip, I was like, yeah, I got to come back out here. Okay, so 
yeah, the senioritis, you're totally over school, ready to move. How, how does that reflect in like other activities? Do you stop playing soccer? Oh yeah. yeah. Everything fell apart. I feel like honestly thinking back, like I, I was almost like depressed cause I, I wanted it so bad. Like yeah. I wanted to make music so bad and I feel, I felt really misunderstood and it really manifested itself in like, like just like, not the best ways so i i definitely was just tapping out of everything else yeah. everything else started like not mattering to me because i was just like i want to make music i kept seeing these like little glimpses of like these opportunities i was like okay like i have a chance and i felt like i was like fumbling my chances at right. stuff. so there, i was just putting a lot of pressure on myself right of course yeah being outside of chicago sounds like to me a big city because i i grew up in the sticks right but did it feel like a small town thing to you because you were ready to like get to LA? Did you feel like, oh, here I am just in my little podunk town or something? Yeah, because I wasn't in the city. And right. it, when I started recording like in the city in Chicago, like right when I got out of high school, I really started going downtown more. And I met this guy named Bug and he had a group called Them People. Um, and he started, he recorded like my songs for me back then yeah and that's when i met vic mental oh, yeah, and yeah. like all like the save money crew yeah. and like people like john doe like all these artists in chicago like you like met the scene yeah i met the scene that was happening over there yeah. so i was like this is really cool like i wish i grew up here you know like i right. wish i grew up here because there's so many people like right like me that just like are really really trying to make music and just for context like how far of a drive is it to that part of chicago it's like 45 minutes to an hour yeah so i would just take the train down and that might not sound like much but 45 minutes is like a world away might as well no be it felt like forever <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know growing up in a small town myself i always felt like i'm ready to get out of here because I, I had that same bug that you had you know and uh it made me sort of write off a lot of people that were around me where i was kind of like well these relationships don't matter because I'm never going to see these people again. Yeah. Did, did you feel that way? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like, it's not the kindest thing to say, yeah, but it, it, yeah. is, it isn't. And it, I didn't mean it with any sort of like malice. No, you know what I'm saying? No but other... I was just like, I know that this is just the start of my life and I'm getting to my actual life next. Exactly. Yeah. And you're, dude, at that age, like, you're so young. Like, you yeah. barely even know yourself. Like, when I think about myself at that time, like, totally. I was so lost, man. Like, yeah. straight up lost. And Absolutely. I feel like right now, like at this big age of like 27, I feel like I'm finally really, really touching base with myself and like learning who I am and I feel comfortable and confident in who I am. Like yeah. that's not something that comes right away. No. It so to any, any teenagers listening, it's okay. It'll get better. <laughs> right. And the, well, and the thing is like here you are saying like at this big age of 27, but you know, you're here already making moves when you're... 21 22 right mm -hmm. do you think you were like ready back then in hindsight no exactly no because you probably felt like at the time you're ready but mm -hmm. now you've been through so much more mm -hmm. in the industry in those five six years you know it's like no it's like you think you're ready but it's like <laughs> nah you'll know when you're ready yeah yeah <laughs> so obviously never any college plans no yeah no you didn't even bother <laughs> did you even bother applying yeah i applied to depaul university and then i was just like i'm not doing this yeah what did your folks think of your dream oh my god it was so like all my all three of my siblings are like schooled yeah. like fully like yeah, they all yeah. went to college and I am the only one without a college degree so maybe later in life I'll do it but yeah. as of right now I'm like okay this is working out so far but 
They weren't too happy when I told them that I didn't want to go to college and that I wanted to pursue music and move to L.A. Like, yeah. that was definitely a tough yeah. pill to swallow. I mean, it's terrifying. Like, I didn't really have anything, like, set in stone. There wasn't, like, oh, you're about to make money when you pull up here. Like, right. it was just, hey, I know somebody out there. I know this rapper who's two years <laughs> older than me. Yeah. And he's really lit, but... Yeah. He's got my back. We're good. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's a scary thing to tell your parents. Like, did you have metrics to show them? Meaning, like, were you able to say, well, look look at how popular this video is. Like, look how many followers I have. Like, it, I'm going to make it. Like, were you doing that kind of shit? Yeah, I mean, my mom, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. I remember when the cover of the Mac Miller song of I'll Be There, when that started picking up, like, that next day I woke up and I was like, oh my God, mom has 3,000 plays. And it had been like less than 24 hours. I was like crying and my mom like was tearing up and I'm like, look, look. And she's like, they always supported it. They just want to see like me win, you know? So yeah. I just wonder about that. Like, uh, yeah, I'm going to pack my bags and move to LA. Did you have to like really sit down and talk? Were there a lot of fights about it or were there just- So many fights. And, but- now, like, looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine, like, <laughs> if I had a kid and they did this. But yeah. I wasn't – it wasn't permanent. Like, for me, I told myself I was just going to come out for, like, a couple months to work. Yeah. But it turned into now it turned seven into years. forever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this became your forever. Yeah, home. it did. Yeah, right. Um, so, okay, what's that journey like? Who do you come out with? I, like, couch surf for, like, three months. You just came out by yourself. You didn't, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I, I feel like when I talk to people who have the big L.A. dreams, they always convince, like, two friends to come along or something. And yeah, they, I actually you know? had a best friend out here. Well, one of my homegirls was already out here. Yeah. And my friend Talia, and she let me, like, crash. She had gotten a new apartment. Like, she was already staying with somebody, and then she got a new apartment. And that it was, was like, the one in the valley? Yeah. I picked you up to bring you here. I don't yes, know if you remember. So I was uh, at that apartment. Okay. And I so met yeah, Talia. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that okay. was the one in the valley. Yeah, she came, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she was here. How did you know her from back home? From back home. I yeah. met her right right when I graduated high school. What did she come out for? Makeup or something like that? Yeah. I remember. But she's still doing makeup. Amazing. She was definitely super helpful in the beginning. Like, let me crash on the couch. And then, and then I was like, yo, like, I'm going to get a record deal. And I'll, I'll get some money soon. Like I'm getting, I'm doing this independent deal with Mac, and yeah. like, just let me move in. Like, let me move in. I'll be able to pay rent. And yeah. she was like, okay, like that's fun, and it all it worked out. And then, do you just get to work immediately? Yeah, I was always in the studio. Yeah, and w- what does that look like when you're that age and, and with the connections you have? Like, are you getting used as like a session musician a lot, like doing hooks for people? Yeah, I was or? doing like background vocals. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, so many background. Because I would imagine the journey to like solo fame starts with like grinding as like yeah, yo. I would just come. I was just like, I'll do whatever. Like, I'll yeah. just I'll sing like a couple background vocals. That's fine. Like, yeah. Um, I loved like sitting in on sessions too. Like honestly, I just wanted to be in the studio. Like yeah. I just wanted to be next to people that knew what they were doing. And right. So I could absorb it. <laughs> and do you end up at like all kinds of music studios, like East West and shit like that, or are you yeah, just I mean, pretty much at Mac's house? No, Mac was always pulling up to a bunch of studios. Okay, so like yeah. being able to like stick around with him, like as, having him as like a person bringing me along was really cool. He introduced me to a lot of people and yeah. it, it got my foot in the door. Honestly, like so many relationships I have today are, are because of him. Yeah, totally. How the fuck did I find out about you? Because that couldn't have been very... probably that probably. Like, no, but, it, it, what, but here's the thing is like, you must have released some kind of single or video or something that caught my eye where I was like, Oh shit, this is dope. And she has yeah, yeah, a yeah. famous person has her back. So like, this is going to be something. Yeah. But like, did you have a single that like caught fire or something at that point? 
Well, I had a song called Riding Solo that was catching yeah. like some some fire on the internet. And right. then I did a song called Hold On and I dropped it on SoundCloud and that one did pretty well too. So yeah, there, there was like these two songs that like were kind of circulating. Yeah, yeah. And blogs were picking it up. And I, th- I feel like, like did Pigeons and Planes post about yes, you or something? Yes, they definitely posted I think maybe that was what it was. It was crazy because like I had no like publisher management, like, like publicist like nothing and like these blogs like the guardian like wrote like a whole piece on me like at the time and once i came to la then i met my current management yeah um but yeah yeah, it was it was wild i was like what how are people even finding out but i mean yeah tell me about that journey too about navigating the industry as a 20 year old woman who doesn't have a manager yet how does that work are you just answering your own emails and shit like dude no i'm a freaking unorganized mess so like yeah, I was just like, I need help. Like, and I knew I needed a manager because I'm like, everybody else has a manager. So yeah. I need to figure it out. But how long did it take you to find a manager? Not you- long at all. So before I even dropped that, I was recording this song called Hold On, like yeah. throughout like a span of like a couple of days. I was really like at Max Studio. Yeah. And Barry yeah. pulled up and he was like, So you've been with Barry since back then? Mm hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, we've been working together forever. That's crazy, because I know Barry through Jid and Earth Gang. Yes. And that's how I met him. But I didn't realize that you already knew him at that time. Yeah, we've been been working together for forever. I thought that... After Jid and Earth Gang started catching fire, he's like, I need to round out the fucking roster. And like, <laughs> oh, here's Neomza, this hit writer. Let's get her. I didn't realize that it goes that far back. No. Yeah, we go way back. I, he. How do you meet Barry? I love Barry. Barry pulled up to Mac's studio because he was also friends with him. Yeah. Oh, because he, he went to school in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's and right. So, and so he pulled up and he was like, yo, like, you're super fire. Like, and he's like, this, your voice is crazy. Like, you wrote yeah. this song. It's crazy. Yeah. And then this management conversation started like happening and it was like about a year of us talking back and forth of whether or not like i should like go with him as my management and i mean yeah we're really like we're best friends too as much as we are co-workers i guess and um yeah i mean it's been great since after you get the management right i mean what starts happening yeah like what happens after you move to la because like you said i met you right after you got here I tried to get you in here and we did a performance that never came out. That's still amazing. And I sometimes watch it still. Oh my God. I have to see that. I have it on, I have it on private you on my phone. show me. And then I was like, oh, this girl's going to be famous. So I'm a booker for a show. And so I did that. And then you kind of just like, I, I don't know. I feel like then you got, you got more behind the scenes for a while or something. Yeah. Well, I just was like really trying to find myself as an artist. Like yeah. I feel like I wasn't sure of like what I wanted to do and I knew I was like I need to make a project because I was just like making songs like no didn't know what I needed to do at that time. It, were they all sounding like one offs and sounding very different? Like yeah, not cohesive? like nothing. It, yeah, it just wasn't cohesive. So I I like put my foot on. I was like I gotta make a project, and then that's when I realized oh, I'm the type of person that needs a minute to make a project, and that's probably why it seemed that way. Like oh, like she went behind the scenes because I was just like I need to focus on like what I want this to be. Yeah, and that's what happened with Sad for You. It took me like a year or two to like do that. Yeah, and then vacation, same thing. Like another two years, and now same thing again. We're here at Limbo, but I don't think that's gonna be happening for a while because yeah. I really feel like I stepped into some shit this year. Yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? Like I just like stepped into like a new like. Just like my mindset, I just feel I, I just feel like it's clear. You're like, like really what I got in your do. bag. Yeah, I'm in my bag. That's the perfect way to say it. I'm in my bag. I just feel like I know what I I need to do. 
you're obviously garnering a big following. You're, you're, um, during this time, right? Your social media metrics exponentially mm-hmm. start to rise. You know, your name is on people's lips and you start meeting other people and working with other people. Um, and so how, how does that stuff start happening? Just net, your networking, just you know? networking, honestly, just like meeting people and being out here in LA, like, I mean, I met like Skrillex. I was we we did a song. He tr- introduced me to a bunch of people. Like I just was meeting people. Oh, you along. mean Sunny? Yes, <laughs> you mean Sunny. That's the LA. Thing. That's an old meme. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Sunny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Go ahead. I would just say being in LA and yeah. just moving around session to session. Have you been playing a lot of shows, or like had you been playing a lot of shows while you're out here? No, I did like shit? a bunch of one-off like stuff. But 2019 was when it really hit. I did my headlining tour, yeah. top of the year, and then I joined Dominic Fike on tour. Oh, sick! And it was like a world tour. Wow! Did like, a couple festivals. That shit was crazy. How many months? Were I missed it so much. It was like boom! Finally, I'm playing all these shows. Everything's going crazy, and then 2020 COVID hit, and I'm like, dog. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what the? I do miss it so much. Yeah, what do your live shows look like now? Um, it varies. Is it just you, or is it you? No, and band? sometimes it's just like me and my DJ, or yeah. it's also, or sometimes it's me and a full band. Like yeah. for my um headliner tour, I did a full band. Yeah, which was awesome. Since the first time I heard your music, I'm like, this is a pop star, right? Like that's what I've always thought. Like I'm like, this is a, a woman that's gonna like really blow up and be a big like. Like, my mom's going to know your name eventually. You feel me? Like, that's what I think. So I always wonder, like, do you ever think about what your stage show is going to look like if and when that happens? Like, are you going to have, like, backup dancers? Is there going to be choreo? Oh, my God. I need everything. Yeah. I can't wait, like, really to have, like, the right budget to make some shit Yeah, tell me about what what it would look like. I don't know, man. I'm all about, like, just experiences. So I feel like the light show's got to be crazy. The set's got to be crazy. Like, dancers... Definitely. I I don't know. For me, I just wanted to feel like an experience. I grew up doing like theater and stuff too when I was like You're really a theater little. kid. Yeah. So yeah. but then I started like not not doing it once <laughs> once I did high school and the band and everything. I was like, eh. Yeah. But growing up in that type of environment, like you kind of just learn the stage. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and right. So, and so I just feel like yeah, whatever show I have, once I get the budgets, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see because who knows who I'll be at that point. Yeah, right. Totally. In your experience navigating the industry and ha- having like written for people, that's not like news. And you've, you've written some big songs. Um, I, I know you're, that you're in your bag now, but do you feel like your music is always going to need to be um, s- so personal and written by you? Or do you tap into like um, songwriting camps or have songwriters that you like to work with as well? Yeah, I'm definitely working with other other songwriters yeah. now more than I ever have, and I'm really open to all of that because, like, I don't, I just like music. So yeah. if someone presents me with a fire song, like, yeah. I, why wouldn't I sing it? And and I guess that was like my question was less about getting sent songs that are finished for you to like do. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not talking about somebody like sending you umbrella and then you making yeah. your own song. I'm talking about more like while you're in the studio, just having like you know, a group of people to help the, you know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah. I mean, there's a song on my project that's coming up called Over and Done. Yeah. It's actually the next single. And that session was a very collaborative session. Yeah. I was in Atlanta. It was just people pulling up left and right. And I was working on it with like three other writers. Yeah. And it was just a really cool, like no ego in the room type of experience. Like, we were just bouncing off of each other. And, That's amazing. I mean, it's one of my favorite songs on the project. So That's awesome. 
I wouldn't mind doing that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see you spending a lot of time in Atlanta now. Do you prefer LA or Atlanta? Is there is there I love Atlanta. I have like a really special place in my heart for Atlanta. Um yeah. I've just had nothing but good experiences while being out there. But I yeah. uh LA is my like home now. It, it does feel like home home. <laughs> yeah, it feels yeah. like home. That's amazing. Yeah. I know COVID has made life a little weird, but what does a day in the life of Neomza look like? Maybe pre-COVID and then what did your COVID routine look like? Like, are you at the studio every day, three times no, a week? I mean, now, like, I used to be like, grind all day and grind all day. Like, yeah. I gotta work. But then now I feel like I found a flow. Like, yeah. I still am in the studio a lot, but yeah. I like day sessions. Like, I, I was like always to wake. a day person, too. I yeah. don't like those late night shits. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of cool on that. I'm, I really like to get my sleep now. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm just on a healthier path i guess yeah i like to wake up have my coffee every morning i make myself breakfast like some boring go work out chill go on a walk maybe like i don't know and then by the time two o'clock it's okay i pull up to the studio and then once i'm done do like maybe we do like all day session it depends how fire the session is going if if i'm really vibing i'll stay all night but Usually I'm out by like eight, maybe ten, and then after that, like maybe go out, get a drink or something, yeah. get some dinner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you have any like really LA hobbies or like do you have anything that's like, oh my god, I'm so LA now? Like, do you uh, shop at Erewhon? <laughs> <laughs> oh my do, god. Do you, do you hike a lot? I do hike. That's I do hike. I I feel like I hiked way too much. So at this point, I'm just like, let me just get to the gym because you yeah. know it starts getting like, all right, how many uphill moments yeah. am I gonna have right, right. but um I don't know what the most I like I just feel like I'm definitely like a foodie so that's what I, I love about LA and I feel like that's what a huge part of why like I stay here it's the best food city in the country that's how I feel I mean I'm gonna get a lot of shit for that like being from Chicago but LA has everything you need yeah. like yeah from like the the junk food eats to the really healthy eats like yeah, yeah. like the air ones <laughs> yeah absolutely the food is one of the things that really keeps me here too like mm-hmm. people don't understand and the good that. weather yeah now that you have your life dialed in in la and here you are older and wiser and more prepared what should people expect from the new ep how has it changed how has the music changed i just feel like the music sounds more refined to me at least um I think my listeners will feel the same way. This EP is super, it feels like kind of spacey, like outer spacey. It's like good for a night drive. Like, oh, I just feel like it's got this like crispy sound to it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just so excited to put it out. It really like this project manifested itself into a project and it's called Limbo. And I feel like a lot of the songs I was making were in Limbo. And I was like, all right. I remember one day I came back, I, I had come back from Atlanta yeah. And I made a bunch of music out there and I was in the car at night listening to it and I was like, This sounds like a project. All this music that I have right now, like yeah. there's at least ten songs right now that sound like an album. And so I made a list, put the ten songs on there, and I was like, I called Barry. I literally remember calling Barry. It was like middle of the night probably in Atlanta. I was like, We have to put this EP out and I already have my album done. Yeah. So I'm like, we gotta force this EP out. Yeah, before this album comes out. Yeah, I'm like, we have this needs to come out first. Like I I was like, it has to come out first. Yeah. How did you compartmentalize that in your head? Were these were these songs that were a little older than the ones from the album that you just realized sounded like an album? Just some, but then then no, a lot of it was was new. And I feel like like I said, like I'm really learning like 
myself and I'm in a space where I feel really confident in what I'm making yeah. and in and, and myself really. So in my head, I'm like, if I don't put this out right now, I won't put it out. Right. I know myself. Yeah, yeah. So I need to start putting my freaking foot down and just putting the music out because or else the song is never going to come out. That's what I'm saying. At a certain point, and particularly with the experiences that we've had losing artists, it's like you got to clear the hard drive or else the 100%. legacy can be lost. You know exactly, what I'm saying? Exactly. Right? And so I'm really trying to clear the hard drive yeah. from here on out. Like yeah. that is my goal right now. Well, like, I'm sure your fans will be fucking stoked <laughs> to hear that shit. Do you feel like limbo could also be an allusion to feeling in limbo in your career? 100%. I- it just goes back to everything that we've been talking about. Like I... You have to have, like, a level of confidence in yourself, I feel like, as an artist. Mm-hmm. And at least in your music, to be able to just put yourself out there, like, nonstop. Yeah. Like, and I really was not You didn't there. have that confidence. I yet. was not there. I thought I, I, thought I did. But yeah. looking back, I'm like, I did not have that. And... It makes me feel good to hear you say that per- on a personal note, just yeah. because like I was always like, man, I wonder what she didn't like about that video that we never put it out. Because to me, I watch it, I'm like, this would have blown the fuck up. It was like when our channel was at its peak, kind yeah. of, and it was like the song is just so amazing yeah. and the video looks cool. And I was like, why? Well, I don't. I wonder what she didn't like about this. So it makes me feel good to just hear like I just wasn't in no, a confident space. No, it definitely space. wasn't. It wasn't you. It was. It was fully me, like fully, fully me. And I feel like there was so many moments like that yeah. where I feel like I just like, I guess coulda, shoulda, woulda. Like, Pulled like, the trigger. Yeah, yeah. there's so many, like an unimaginable amount yeah. of moments just like that where I was like, damn, I should have just fucking did it. Like yeah. I should have just done that. And right now I'm in this like, fuck it we ball like we yeah, gotta just exactly. go like yeah, yeah. it's gotta be yeah. now and I mean it always works out how it's supposed to work out 100%. and so the fact that you were saying no that was the right thing to do at the time because yeah. like now life is working how it was supposed to yeah. Uh, but yeah that said I know so many artists like that where it's like they can't see how fucking good the shit that they're making is mm-hmm. you know well, you until just, it really dawns on them later yeah and and for me other people being like, this is good, but if I didn't think it, like, I, I didn't care what anyone said. Right. I was like, cool, like, y'all are just, like, hyping me up, like, y'all are yeah. gassing me up, like, this shit is not that fire. In my head, I'm like, it's so not would you that, say like- at times your perfectionism is, like, somewhat crippling? Oh, a thousand percent. And yeah. it, it's just, like, dude, it's all a mental game. Like, it's yeah. all mental, it's mental health as well. Like, it's, a lot has to do with anxiety and, you know, like, social anxiety is a huge thing, too. And yeah. I struggle with both. Yeah. So, being an artist, it's like finding this balance of, okay, like it's okay, like everything will be fine, like you can put it out, right? Breathe, right, right. <laughs> like, it'll be okay. So, yeah. I think it's just like I said, getting back to that point of just you gotta find like um, you just gotta find comfort and in, in the chaos, I guess. Did COVID help with your social anxiety? Oh my god, what? I was. Oh my god! Home, chilling, making food, doing all like. Cause I'm a tourist. I'm not looking forward to the world opening back up, Loki. I'm a tourist, so we're like, it's two sides, you know. Like I love, like there's a part of me that is social if the day is right, you know. Like if the day is right, I wake up and I'm like, I can talk to whoever. Like I feel on top of the world, but for the most part, I'm like a creature of comfort. Yeah. Yeah. So COVID, like obviously it was a really scary time, and I mean super sad. But like during that period. I was chilling at home. Do you have any advice to artists out there who might be suffering from crippling perfectionism other than just clear the hard drive? Was there anything that helped you get over it? 
we are all gonna die. Yeah. Like we're all gonna fucking die. And then you're gonna look back and you're gonna be like, fucking, what the fuck? I'm 65 years old. I didn't do that thing that I knew I wanted to do because I was so scared of what people are gonna think about me. Mm. And that shit does not matter. Like everyone has flaws. Mm -hmm. Everyone, whether they like to show them or not, like it's like so. It's just so stupid to like mm-hmm. hold back your life because you're scared. Like, stop being scared. That's the advice. Stop being scared. If that shit doesn't go, okay, whatever. You'll figure something else out. Boom. <laughs> like, that's it. Just keep trying. That's fantastic advice. <laughs> I'm glad that you're no longer scared. Yeah, uh, me, me too. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> me I'm too. Ve- I'm very happy for you. I, I like, you know, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but like, I've always believed in you since like Thank the first you. time no, I saw you. No, I know you have, and I'm so excited yeah. to be here. Like, I was like, oh, this is great. I literally remember pulling up yeah, here yeah. at 20, and I was so excited. I'm by glad the way. that it's like finally like actually gonna come out. You know, because yeah. <laughs> same. Yeah, I'm happy that you're not scared. Very proud of you, and and like secondhand proud of watching all your accomplishments Thank over the you. years. I just think it's so awesome. So before we get out of here, tell the people where to find you on online when they can expect the ep again i think you said the 18th of june is that mm-hmm. right and then you can just give them your schedule kind of cool. so go ahead hey everybody it's <laughs> neomza thank you for listening my ep limbo comes out june 18th 2021 you can find me at not neomza on instagram at neomza that's n-j-o-m-z-a perfect <laughs> yeah. killed it thank you yeah there you go that was Neomza. My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me online at It's Intuition. You can follow uh, us as a unit at Kinda Neat across all platforms. You can follow my man, Avery Kentis, behind the boards, making the shit sound buttery, at Avery Kentis, uh, kindaneat.net, where everything is wrapped up in a pretty package, and youtube.com slash kindaneat, where you are going to be seeing Neomza perform what song? Over and Done's out on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere, anywhere you want to listen to it. Go stream that shit. Thank you. Um, yeah, we did it. We did it. Finally, six years later, we did it. Uh, that was Neomza. I am Lee, and this was Kinda Neat. Mm